Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Episode 36 of the Ricky Henderson Podcast, the greatest of all podcasts at GOAP. Um, super glad to be joined by longtime friend and A's reporter, Casey Pratt. He's now the senior sports producer over at ABC7, KGO. Casey, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah, man. I was like waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> I know. I was I, waiting for this I just, invite. I haven't sent you the stone cold gift. Like, come on, man. What's going I know on you here? you cyberbullied me into going <laughs> on the pod. You you and Jen. Yeah, you and Jen were like, come on. Why why can't he make it happen? So I, I was thinking about bringing you out here, dude. I was gonna I was I was thinking about it. I was I waiting know, till I had to force it though. I had to force the issue. I had to come on here and represent you. Just know? like just like Cavill, you had to, you know, you had to tighten the screws and put public pressure on me through via mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing a page out of Cavill's playbook. Uh Casey, thank you so much, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, I think I first met you during like the 2012 season, somewhere around there. Um, the burning lean years. Before we get into all this, this, the super serious stadium stuff, how much fun was that era? Like the Burning Lean era, like Melvin's first, like 2012 to 2014, that, that little group, that was like a great group of A's teams right there. You know? I mean, there's so many layers to what you just said. I I could start with meeting you because I always thought that what you did when I was on the beat was the way to go. And and I couldn't do a lot of it because like I was stuck writing all the game stories. But Mm -hmm. the thing I admired the most about you is you were so creative. You would jump out there, like you'd get in the crowd, you'd find all the craziest viral stuff. Like you'd find all the funny jerseys, the crazy fan yeah. stuff. You'd be out in that's, right field. <laughs> yeah, you'd that's be ready to run in there and get that whipped cream when Reddick was about to do the pies. Like I, I saw you everywhere, and I really respected that. So that's oh, that's thanks, I think how we became friends and drawn to each other. But yeah. you know, back to the Bernie Lean thing. Like, <laughs> like I was the first one that noticed it, and yeah. so I was the one that kind of went around and like talked to Jerry Blevins. I think was the first guy I talked to. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I talked to Coco and, and all those other guys. And, and it just blew up. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that story, like I wrote it, it was like a Sunday day game story. It was like, you know, the type of throwaway just, type day game yeah. you do. Yeah. And it just exploded. Yeah. It exploded. It went so viral. Like Yahoo picked it up. It was like, I think it was three or four most popular sports story on CSNBarrier.com that year. <laughs> That's crazy. And it was funny yeah. because like it, yeah. It became so big, but it also got me in trouble at the same time because, like, there's a pregame show where where Brody, you know, kind of like coaxed me into doing the burning yeah, on yeah. TV, and then my bosses were like, "You're getting too close to the team." You're the big <laughs> I'm like, "This but is my story, it, yeah, though. I found yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I, I came up with this. It's harmless. Yeah, it's harmless. Yeah. And then ATM, you remember that guy that did the Bernie yeah. video? Not the original Bernie, but the other one. They wanted me to be in their music video, and then I got in trouble for that. And then they'd show it all the time at the Coliseum. So like. <laughs> It was funny because it was like one of my biggest successes, but also one of my biggest failures. At the same time. <laughs> it's like like your bosses like hated you, but everybody else loved you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was one of those. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, those teams were fun, dude. Like Cespedes. I, I was just, I was like writing about the home run derby. Like, I don't know, just having good memories about Cespedes. Good times, dude. Good times. <laughs> dude, those were really fun teams, honestly. Yeah, and that yeah. was my, like, my dream in life. Honestly, the whole reason I got into this business was mm. to be a beat writer for the Oakland A's. That was like all I ever wanted. Yeah, same with me. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I got there, you know, by the time I was 30 and we had these fun teams and then like, we had that year where where there was two champagne celebrations on back to back days yeah, against the Rangers, was, and it was it was an yeah. awesome time. I mean, it was, yeah, was it fun. was a grind, but it was fun. It was just a good time to cover. It didn't feel like work, you know. Yeah, because that, that was when MLB just started. I remember like like a few days before the 2012 season, they started cut four. So that's when they like they like sent me around with a camera and the cell phone. Like, all right. You're going to be like the eyes and the ears in the stadium. And that, that's how I got to meet a lot of these A's fans. Like that, that's how I met like Anson and Jorge yeah. and all those guys out in the bleachers and they're still out there. So it's, it's fun. And like all the security guards are still there. It's like the same, everybody's still there, you know? So no, it's I mean, really cool. and if any of them are listening to this, like they're my absolute favorite. I love getting out there in right field and sneaking yeah. out there. Even when I was on the beat and I'd see you out there, I'd be all jealous because I was stuck up in the press box. I wanted to see how <laughs> the action was, you know? Yeah, that was fun. That was so much fun during it. I was a lot younger, too. I had a lot more energy. I could just like I was just like always running around, you know, that was a good time, dude. <laughs> um, and and I, I was looking back at your LinkedIn. I, I saw. So were you doing concurrent jobs at ABC and CSN for like 10 years? Or like, I don't I don't understand, like how you were a sports producer at ABC since 06, but then you were doing CSN stuff since 09. So how, how did that work out? Where, like, probably like just isn't correct. I don't know. I don't no. know. Much, but no. <laughs> um, you know, my, my career is weird. Like I mentioned being a beat writer for the A's and that yeah. being all I really ever wanted to do. And mm -hmm. um, obviously I pivoted a million different ways from there. We can get into that. But um, you know, I got started writing like on this little scout.com forum and mm -hmm. And actually, shout out Melissa Locker. She was on there. And so, oh, then, okay, um, yeah. Like, oh, oh, so OK I, Clubhouse? I was, was it that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was an intern at yeah. ABC7. Um, and and I kind of just worked my way up. Like, I wouldn't leave. They'd all tell me to go home, and I wouldn't. I just, like, learned everything I could possibly learn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a journalism major. I wanted to be a writer. But I kind of recognized TV was was a little bit, like, more lucrative, I guess you could say. So yeah, definitely. I, I got an internship at ABC7. And... And I ended up becoming sports producer right out of my internship because I like learned so much and people happened to leave and I got lucky and kind of made my own luck at the same time. And it was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so I was producing for, for KGO before I even graduated college. And, oh, wow. Um, You're a Gator, was, right? You're a Golden Gator. Yeah, right? SF State. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. like as I was doing that, then the guy ahead of me left and then I was like running the whole department and I was still in college. And so when, when CSN launched, um, mm -hmm. I had just gotten passed over for like the main staff job at this, at ABC seven, which is, which is like the role I was already in, except I wanted to make it like the real deal instead of just yeah, a yeah. fill-in thing. Get the title I got passed over. Yeah, I was yeah. mad about it. And, and I knew Mindy Bach, who, who you probably remember. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, post. Mindy was always super nice. Yeah, Mindy's and great. She's, yeah. she's like, you got to talk to this guy, Ted Griggs. Like he's, they're launching all this stuff at CSN. So I went mm. over there and I was basically one of the first people they interned as a producer there and I got the job. So we launched mm. uh, CSN. Um, so that's kind of how it started. I like went from intern, kind of weaseled my way into a sports producer job at ABC and then went and mm. launched CSN. Brand new, two HD studios, two networks all in the same day. And, and I was their main like A's producer um, awesome, for the in-house stuff. Yeah. So, so, so 
you so you went to san francisco state are you a local guy you're from around here too where did you grow up like were you growing up going to a's games uh when, oh, when, yeah, did, the, yeah. when, when did the a's like become a part of your life i guess <laughs> i was going to a's games since i was one years old my dad was a season ticket holder actually i just was tweeting about this the other day but i was at the game before the game during and the game after jose canseco got traded and he was like my all-time favorite a's oh, player God. Time, so <laughs> That was like heartbreaking for me as a kid. So I, I grew up in Danville and live mm-hmm. in the East Bay and went to a ton of these games. So that's yeah. kind of, it was just always been a part of my life as, as a kid growing up. Yeah, I grew up in Moraga. I was a big T Long guy. T Long was my favorite yeah, player. The growing. sweetest swing, man. Yeah, the well, sweetest left. I, I know, like, Ace fans remember him for striking out looking, like, to end the Red Sox series or whatever. And my friends yeah. still give me shit for that. Like, I did it. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, I don't know. I remember he had some really funny commercial. Where he was like diving all over the place. And I was like, oh, I love this guy. This guy's great. Uh, <laughs> that's funny, but, but yeah, I mean, San Francisco state, they pump out a lot of journalists, right? Especially in the local news market. There's a lot of Gator golden Gators out there, right? Like, is that a yeah. really solid program or what? Dude, it's yeah. funny. Cause I don't really know. Um, because I was a journalism major, which means like my whole focus was on print and mm-hmm. at SF state, the whole print focus is like news. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're going to teach you how to write an obituary and we're going to teach you how to cover a local news beat. And, and I would go up to all my teachers and I'd say like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do sports. I want to do sports journalism. And we really didn't have anything for that on the journalism side. Mm-hmm. They have an incredible broadcast program, which I wasn't yeah. in and didn't overlap with journalism for some reason. So oh, I didn't get weird. to do all the fun sports stuff and we didn't really have very good sports teams. Um, yeah. So I kind of just did my own thing. Uh, a lot of my teachers were cool with it and you know, when I got my internship at ABC seven, I helped a lot of the journalism students get internships there. So they were totally cool with me kind of doing my own thing. And they helped me out a lot, honestly, mm-hmm. because I don't know if I would have graduated otherwise. Um, Cause I just like, I don't want to do news. I just want sports. Yeah. yeah like all I want to do is sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, I, how much has TV changed in like the 15 years you've been in the field? You know, I mean, I, I look around now and I, I feel like YouTube creators are kind of popping up everywhere um and you know like the live streaming capabilities are a lot better now there uh do, do you feel like youtube will ever challenge tv and and i mean what do you what do you think about the dynamic of just i mean people like yeah. watching stuff people still like watching stuff but it's i feel like the way it's, it's happening is changing so what do you think about youtube the challenge it presents to tv and stuff like that well i mean look at us right now what are we doing we're sitting yeah. here on like webcams and laptops and ring lights and i'm in my living yeah. room this is all yeah, like yeah. unimaginable when I got into this business. So um, you really look at that. You look at YouTube. I I have young kids. I mean, they come home and all they want to do is watch YouTube. They don't even watch TV. We sit there and we watch all these shows on YouTube. And, um, you know, I think about that a lot, but the biggest kind of roadblock for that is live TV, live sports. Like you look at, they're getting better at bringing on rights agreements and stuff, but you know, I work for ABC. ABC is owned by Disney. Disney owns ESPN and they spend billions of dollars yeah. for exclusive rights to these games. So it's kind of like there's a big wall against that whole like yeah. YouTube thing from a live standpoint, but it's the wave of the future. I mean, yeah. if you're not going to do it, you're not going to be here long. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause I wonder if, I mean, maybe it's still a couple decades off, but eventually one of these sports leagues might like exclusively go streaming, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's probably like super, super far off, but I mean, yeah. who knows, dude? I mean, one it's of those... just money. I mean, it all comes yeah. down to the dollar and, yeah. and there's billion, billion big contracts with, with all the leagues right now. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that YouTube would have to break into. They can do YouTube TV, 
you know, like a TV carrier and, and do the same stuff that like, you know, Xfinity and all these other com uh, companies are doing, but for YouTube to kind of really truly own the whole market, they'd have to shell out big, big bucks. Yeah, for sure. And if you go to your, uh, oh, hey, oh, the A's just made it two to nothing. We're also recording this uh, Thursday morning and the A's are in their series finale against the Astros, two nothing on the top of the first, supposedly. I don't know what's going on here. But uh, but if you go to your Twitter feed, like your pinned tweet is actually like, you know what, guys? Like it was like in June, you were like, yeah, what is the, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that gif um it's like all right bring on bring on all the heat like do, do you just feel like there's there's just overwhelming attention on the a's new stadium situation um you know it's, yeah so and for people I don't, who, yeah, <laughs> I really, I, don't. <laughs> really do you feel no, like there man, should be more yeah, yes and that's why like, i'm doing this i mean honestly really like, okay i've yeah. been following this uh -huh. so closely every twist and turn for well over a decade now yeah. and I'm seeing so much happening that is either under the radar, misunderstood. Uh, it's just a convoluted mess. And, and I just kind of started thinking, I can't just sit here quietly and just let the A's leave. Uh, yeah. And not that I'd have any power over that. Obviously, I don't. But I, I want to make sure that everybody is held accountable. And so I yeah. just started like, you know, what? I'm just going to make this my focus. Um, on my own. I mean, I obviously have a million other things to do right now. It's the NBA finals that's on ABC seven and we're yeah. doing a ton of work on that, but I'm making it my own kind of like personal coverage mission to stay on this because, you know, I'm starting to talk to more and more people. And the more people I talk to, the more people start reaching out and it's just it, behind the scenes, there's a lot of conversations going on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to, in some way, just just make sure everybody knows what's happening and that everybody's accountable because there's so many moving parts in this scenario. It's crazy. Yeah. It's there's just so, nuts. It really yeah. is. Yeah. There's so many invested parties and, um, and, and were you able to, did you stay on the whole six and a half hour deal oh, yeah. yesterday? Dude, yeah, yeah. I, so did I, I'm like, <laughs> I missed like, I think seven or eight minutes of the whole thing, but I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, that was, I, I was, I'm like naive. I'm like stepping into these public meetings for the first, like this is my second public meeting. And both of them have been over six hours. So I don't know what it's like normally, but it has been, uh, I, I, did, I did this one in the June 15th uh, Alameda County meeting. And uh, I, what, what's like your main takeaway from yesterday's meeting? I know there was a lot said, I know there was a whole bunch going on, yeah. but I mean, what was like your overall takeaway from that uh, exchange, you know? My main takeaway is that there needs to be more communication. That's kind of yeah. been my takeaway this whole time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel yeah. like the A's, are talking to the mayor, the mayor and the city council are really not on the same page. By extension, the A's and the city council aren't on the same page. Then the city's bringing in the county and they're not on the same page with the A's yeah. or the city. And it's like, the more these meetings happen, the better off everybody is, I think, is mm -hmm. chippy as they can seem sometimes because at least progress is being made. Uh, you looked at that Alameda County meeting with the board of supervisors and it started off like a full blown war. I was yeah. like, this is not going to go well, but yeah, by the end, was, yeah, yeah. by the end, after the presentation, you know, all the supervisors were basically lining up almost ready to vote before they yeah. decided they wanted to do their due diligence, which is a smart move and get more information. Mm -hmm. uh, the recent city council meeting that just happened, sort of a different story. We had the same kind of like front-loaded posturing. Like, we like have to dig our heels in. Yeah, yeah standoffish, because yeah. they really 
do need to do that in a negotiation. Yeah. Um, but by the end, I didn't feel as good as I felt about the Alameda County meeting. Yeah. Uh, I still think there's a deal to be done here, but there's three, I'd say three huge roadblocks and we can go over all those if you want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we get this is a podcast. This is what we're here for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to lead the conversation. I'm no, I no, care. I want to know. Um, That's why I interviewed you. Yeah, that, but you I know, want the to hear three things. If yeah. I had to go three things, you know, the first one is that offsite IFD. That's the yeah, Jack sure. London Square area. If you've seen the term sheet, it's the big red area that yeah, covers Jack sure, London yeah. Square outside of the ballpark. That's a big problem. I, I don't think it's happening. And you know, city sources I had talked to before all this really intimated that the offsite IFD was going to be a no go. You know, when I talked to the cat, when I talked to A's and Cavill, they say they need the on the offsite IFD, uh, the big Jack London Square area. I know this is really confusing. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so that that seems to be dead on arrival. I don't think yeah. it's happening. And so what that means for the overall deal remains to be seen. That the yeah. on-site, the whole Alameda County Board of Supervisors meeting was just about that on-site IFD for yeah, Howard Terminal. Sure. Yeah. And pretty much unanimously, no matter who you talk to, they all seem to think that's a good idea. I think the Board of Supervisors. Yeah, everybody's County on board with sign that. on. I think yeah. they will. I think the city council's down with it. Everyone I talked to is cool with that. The A's obviously are down with it. So the big challenge is the offsite and then what that means because the A's want, sorry, the yeah, city yeah. wants the A's to build or not build, but like fund a bunch of infrastructure improvements, what the yeah. A's would call deferred maintenance on the offsite area. And, and a lot of that has to come off that offsite IFD, which is clearly not going to happen. So that's one. Yeah. Two is the non-relocation agreement, which I think is complete nonsense. The I don't understand 20 years. 20 years it's like, the dude, you're building a new state. Yeah. And the, and the lease term is for 60 and the lease term for the stadium is 66 years or something like that. Yeah, so it's I mean, like, so, but you got to consider the full build out of Howard terminals, at least 15 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 20 years, they're going to build Howard Terminal and leave in five. No. So I yeah. think that's going to be just give them that. But but I, I asked Cavill about it the other day and, you know, he says he does have to bring Major League Baseball in on that. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do that. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it's kind of just one of those things where they don't want to go into the city council meeting and just concede every single point. You that's know, what he said. To, he was, yeah, yeah he literally said, said yeah. that they can't yeah, just yeah. go in and be like, okay, yeah, sure. You guys take everything you want. Uh, that's just not how negotiations work. Um, yeah. But I think that one's the easiest one. And then the third one is going to be the situation with the, the affordable housing and the yeah. A's Dude, basically the, wanted yeah. to get out of that. And that was a big no, no by city council. That was the, the feistiest moment of the whole thing. So you know, what they're saying is we're going to come up with $450 million of community benefits in this project. And you guys can just do whatever you want with it. If that's affordable housing, cool. But the city's like, no, 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 we need. Yeah, that's like $10 million dollars here. A, that's like $10 million a year for 45 years. This is the years. law. Yeah. So the city's, <laughs> the city's obviously, that's a non-starter. I mean, because yeah, they're trying to get a waiver, right? Like so they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to get a waiver so they don't actually have to put in the low-income housing, which is a standard that every other developer in the city is held to, right? Like that's but, just like you know, built you in, right? Yeah. You cannot put in the affordable housing, but you then have to pay, you know, a percentage. And the I think it'll come fees, out to like, yeah. yeah, it'll come out to like $75 million, which is, it's a tiny percentage of what this overall project would be. So while I think the A's are going to want to dig their heels in on that, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. if you and I are sitting here talking and the A's are walking out the door and it's because they didn't want to fund affordable housing. Yeah. I mean, a that's look. a death blow for the A's reputation. Especially in, in the city like in everywhere. So, yeah. so that's not, city, I don't see it. 
Yeah, especially like in a city like Oakland right now, and like the current just, you know, socioeconomic climate and just like the the wealth gap just seems like it's growing here like crazy. Like, yeah, it's a bad look. And, and, and back to like Jack London Square IFT, because like in the A's initial term sheet, they're projecting like $1.4 billion in revenue. So that's like, a, that's a big chunk of money to be, they got to look for somewhere else, you know? And it seems like Cavill and the A's are pretty steadfast on like, oh, we need the Jack London IFT to make this happen. Um, but then city councils, uh, also Molly Mainbridge, uh, the, the project manager says something uh, interesting about how um, I, I, something about like the, the, the IFD funds are actually connected to the general fund. Um, I, I have to go back and I'm, I'm still in the middle of doing my research and going back well, and looking at the everything, way, you know? So. The way I understand it, and we're sports guys, right? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm definitely in jumping into, I'm definitely what you're doing. Like I'm talking to everybody smarter yeah. than me. I mean, yeah. really, I'm not that smart. I'm terrible at math. So I reach out to everybody I can possibly reach out to. I have a lot of conversations because I, I want to understand this to the fullest so I can actually talk about it and hold people to account. And what I understand about the offsite IFD is, and I don't agree with this per se, but I'm also not like an economics person. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should get Hal on. The hot I topic. know. I've got to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've had him on. So you yeah, had Hal on before me. Come on. He was making fun yeah. of me about that. Um, <laughs> so what my understanding is, is they see that area in the offside IFD is profitable. They mm. think it's going to continue to go up. They think it's a valuable area and it's going to continue to be valuable. What they think is that it's going to only get like five, six percent more valuable with the stadium there. And I don't know how those numbers line up, because to me, you're yeah. telling me you're going to put two point five million more people a year into that area and you're going to have residential down there and business. And 80 how days is... a year of concentrated people who are hungry and want to so, drink, you know, and, yeah. and there's no parking. <laughs> You know, it's like Oracle Park. It, it's mm -hmm. it's like Chase Center. There's no parking. So when you go there, yeah, you, you know, you're getting off BART yeah. and you're walking a mile through downtown, right through Jack London Square. These people are going to be stopping and patronizing the businesses the whole way through. It's yeah. going to be a party at Jack London Square every game day. So I think the revenue and, and the money that's going to be going to those businesses is going to be huge, but their calculations don't tell them that. So, I mean... Yeah. I don't because, know how it could be six percent, frankly. I don't. Yeah, because I, I think with the numbers they were saying, they were saying uh, the city is claiming like regardless if even if the stadium wasn't there, this would uh, annual six point four percent, and then the A's are projecting six point eight percent. So, um, you know, I, it, I I I guess yeah, they're they're I, and I think the big thing too is the geographical boundaries. The first uh, they added that that line through the Jacqueline and Square IFT yesterday and said, hey, this actually kind of contends with our already ongoing separate parallel downtown revital. I forget what they call it, like some sort of downtown revitalization project they already have going. So it's like, hey, we already we're already expecting to we're already trying to do work here. It's like maybe you can't claim, you know, just put the stadium here. I, I think claim it's all of, a, of it. That's yeah, the thing. They feel like they're doing like enough there. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying you're going to put the stadium there and they're going to take all the profit from everything we're doing. And then it's like a and half mile the down the road. Up. Yeah. It's like a half mile down the road, like, you know, Revolution Beer or whatever. It's already been there for a while. Maybe if their thing goes up, like maybe the A should get a cut. So I think there's just some, some kind of like vague, like, like you said, there is going to be a way more foot traffic, but how do you quantify that? So yeah, and that's the biggest yeah. problem. It's like when it went back to the, was it the pizza analogy that Hal and, and, and <laughs> Kaplan started, you know, and that's where I kind of jumped in and, and made that same point I just made to you. And, and she was saying, it's like going from 10 pizzas to 11. 
except yeah. A's want all the pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's only at 9%. I, yeah. I just don't get it. But um, that being said, they feel that's a strong area and they feel like giving up the, the funds, the but for taxes from that area is going to hurt their general fund. And so, I mean, really, it's a non starter in that way. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, unanimously, the on site IFD, I think, is going to be a winner. It's just how much can they now pull from that? And I think we got to look at the other side of this, too, Alex, because what happens if the A's leave? Yeah. You know, the city can play hardball all they want, but they're going to have this massive plot of land at the Coliseum site with no major league team, which means the money there is gone. They're yeah. going to have the A's owning half that land, which means anything they want to do there could potentially be a huge roadblock. They're also going to have Howard Terminal, which is going to be impossible to develop. It's going to have sea level rise, all the challenges, all the environmental issues. Yeah. And so that'd be a really bad chain reaction. They're going to lose. And just, and just like the fans would lose their team. <laughs> the you fans know, would yeah. lose their team, but then they're yeah. going to lose the jobs that the yeah. Coliseum brings. And they're going to lose the community benefits that the A's currently provide, which I got the numbers on it's in my phone, but I, I think it's something like $2 million a year plus jobs. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's stuff that, that the city will lose. So the city stands to benefit a lot from Howard Terminal and the revenue it will provide, but they also stand to lose a lot too if the A's leave. So I, I don't think that yeah. the A's are necessarily wrong in digging their heels in. And I don't necessarily think the city's wrong in digging their heels in, but if these guys can't find a middle ground and make this thing work, yeah everyone loses literally yeah. everyone loses and think about this too i'll make one last point yeah if they go to vegas you know they i have think like Cavill's there right there no i mean he is he said it on he, your podcast yeah he's he, yeah, he's right the today and tomorrow but i mean and, like yeah, if yeah. they move to vegas they have what they're gonna put a stadium yeah. somewhere hopefully near the strip for them but they're not gonna have all the stuff that they would have here you know, if they build here, they're going to get the housing, the commercial, they're going to make a ton of money. That's waterfront property. They're going to control. Yeah. And they're going to have the Coliseum site, which they control. I mean, that is an astronomically and valuable like 30, amount of land. Yeah. Another thing you know? too, that I think is kind of getting tossed under the rug. And I, I, I keep forgetting to mention too, is like there's, they're budgeting for a 3,500 seat, like art center too. Like that could yeah. just totally, I mean, that could be totally red. Yeah. I mean, that would be really cool for just the city of Oakland to have like a legit state of the art. Uh, performing arts center that is public and stuff I, that would be really cool i think that would be awesome for the city as well you know like people come down there for a you know a nice symphony or whatever or, you know a nice show opera right on the water i mean yeah. honestly I mean, why it's, not yeah to me it's such a huge win-win for everybody and going back to the very beginning of this saga like the very beginning <laughs> yeah. i really i've always thought that howard terminal when it became available was the best site I always thought that, but I also recognize there's major, major challenges. And I wasn't really sure they'd ever pick that site because while it has the potential to be absolutely the best, it also is the absolute hardest to make work. Yeah. And so I give them credit for going all in on the hardest site because yeah. it would have been really easy to just say, all right, we're going to build the call C and we're done. Um, they're going high risk, like, high reward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're going high risk, high reward. I just hate the having no tightrope, powered terminal or bust angle. I wish... Yeah, that the too. Coliseum could still be considered if Howard Terminal doesn't work and all resource, resources are exhausted. But I mean, if I own the A's, I don't think I would want to build at the Coliseum site, frankly. You yeah. know, there's already a stadium that no one goes to. There two pro sports teams have already left. It's not the most desirable place for a ballpark. And if it was, 
then why is everybody leaving? And if it was, why has nothing been built around there, even when there were three teams there? Nothing. I mean, I don't know if you're yeah. old enough to remember going to Malibu Grand Prix right next to the Coliseum. That's been a parking lot forever. <laughs> no, no, there used to be a Malibu that. Grand Prix right <laughs> next to the Coliseum parking lot uh-huh. on the Hagenberger side. Like it was killer. Yeah. It's yeah. gone. And it's been gone for a long time and literally nothing has gone there. It's yeah. been gone so long. You don't even remember it. But don't and you so, think like if the A's made a, I know the whole Coliseum city thing was kind of kicked around uh, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, ago, but don't you feel like a development like that could help revitalize East Oakland and an area that needs uh, public, like needs a lot of investment. I mean, I know it would be a whole, but another... why can't that happen with yeah. power terminal? That's my point. No. Yeah, for sure. You I, build I think... power terminal and then you do Coliseum city. Cause I think that's a killer place for housing. Yeah. You know, rezone it for housing and, and you have all the, you know, you keep the arena, you have the open space, you put some businesses you there. Put a park you put there some, or something. Yeah, yeah, the big park, yeah. the housing. I think that's a killer spot to revitalize East yeah. Oakland. Like, I'm all about that. Yeah. I just don't know that do tearing both. down yeah. a stadium and putting yeah. a new one there is going to change anything that they have. And, you know, Cavill did make this one point that I, I mean, I did really agree with it. He said, we have to compete with the Giants in this market. Yeah. And you know, I was at the Bay Bridge series and you see the Giants ballpark, you know, you could build a brand new ballpark at the Coliseum site, but you're never going to be able to compete with that crown jewel on the water at Oracle yeah. Park as much as I hate to say it, yeah. you know, yeah. and then I, I lived in San Diego for college too. I, I went to junior college there and Petco Park, I was there when it was built. I was there before it was built. I was at the very first game there and Petco Park has just done so much for that spot. You look at Oracle Park, Petco Park, and you kind of dream about what Howard Terminal could be for Oakland. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I know like Laney College kind of got start, stopped before it did, but I, I would love like a downtown site. I think that would be really cool. I know there was talks about like Jerry Brown halted an uptown, like kind of like, there's like that park next to the Fox Theater yeah. or whatever. And I mean, I think that would be sick, like literally right downtown. But I mean, that would have been cool. That seems like 20 years uh, too late. Absolutely um, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but, downtown. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say back to, uh, but yeah, I mean, Howard Terminal, yeah, that'd be great. But, but like back to yesterday's meeting, though, uh, did you like, like, uh, I really like Carol Five. She really impressed me with the way that she challenged Cavill. Um, do you feel like the, the public officials here are doing their, doing their effort, like doing their due, due effort? I know a lot of it is them getting caught up to speed, first of all, but once they kind of get a feel for the situation, do you feel like they're asking the right questions? In most regards, yes. I think there was a really yeah. funny moment with Noel Gaio, who represents the area where the Coliseum is, where he's like, how much are my taxes going to go up? And <laughs> yeah. Abram's like, well, do you live at Howard Terminal? I don't think anyone lives at Howard Terminal. <laughs> yeah, no. like, are you, are do you live in the parking up. lot? You're like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, no, that shows a basic lack of understanding. Yeah. And we're so far into this that you have to understand more about it. And even after that, he said, oh, okay, so Carol's taxes are going to go up, talking about Fife. And no yeah, it's crazy it's like he's like joking about it. it's like no. dude like yeah That's like how it works yeah um yeah. so i mean yeah. to me it shows a little bit of a lack of understanding um i mean you had dan cobb who is like uh cabal is that how you say your name yeah cabal. i thought that was... and it's like dude you've been doing this yeah. for five I, plus I, years how do you I, not even know how to say the guy's name i thought cavill was calling him calb on i thought they were doing like a passive aggressive like i thought cavill actually knows his name was called him calb instead of cob <laughs> but i did learn i've always remembered cavill kind of like gavel 
Oh yeah, he said like, Cavill said Cavalier. And I was, yeah, oh, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I heard that too. Yeah. I was like, that's um, pretty funny. Yeah. But that those are just really stupid semantics and, yeah, and yeah. really meaningless points. But it's yeah. just strange to me. And yeah, to back yeah. to Fife, I think that she really, really dug her heels in yeah. on protecting the community and the community benefits. And I think really that was the biggest sticking point. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've held their feet to the fire because they think that all the money for the community in this project is coming out of the IFD funds, the but for taxes. So they're saying you have a billionaire owner and your billionaire owner isn't investing any of his own money into the community. Shame. Yeah. But, and, and he wouldn't answer that directly either. He was, no, he was sidestepping. But, but let's yeah, look yeah. at it from the <laughs> other side too here. Yeah. If the A's are giving you $450 million in community benefits, I don't care where they're coming from. I don't care that they're not coming directly from John Fisher's checkbook. Mm-hmm. Like just get the money to the community. So yeah. I understand the protection level there. And, and yes, she absolutely has to ensure that they can't just say, we're going to give you $450 million and then, Oh, the project is too expensive. It was more expensive than we thought. Sorry, you get cut out. Like that could happen. And she's protecting that, mm-hmm. which is probably why she's really wanting to ensure that there's like a money directly from Fisher. I get that. But at the same time, Let's not act like these funds exist otherwise, right? Like if they're coming from the project, they're still coming. That's still a good thing, right? Yeah, it seemed like community benefits and affordable housing were like the two biggest sticking points. And then I also saw a lot of, um, you know, concern about Chinatown too, that I hadn't seen before, uh, before yesterday that a lot of uh, critics, you know, protect China, consider Chinatown in all of this too. So I mean, there's so many interested parties, dude. It's crazy. We haven't the even port. mentioned the port. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the port <laughs> interest. It's like th- those guys yeah. are like lawyered up or like at least like PR'd up, like pretty good. Like, like they, they have their talking points and like, I don't know. It, it's you, you, you hear that public comment period. It seems like a lot of them are East Oakland Stadium Alliance. Um, exactly. No, uh, I saw that too. Influenced at least. It's, it's like people, it seems like people are like reading off their scripts and stuff like that. So. I don't know. The A's have a lot of opposition to this. And it just you can just see Cavill be like, come on, can you just give me an answer? But it's like, dude, you know, it's going to take a while. So I don't really know. I, I think my, my biggest, one of my biggest takeaways is that the, the A's are super impatient. They want a July 20th thing and they can start moving. But the city council's like, hey, we're still reviewing the 400 plus public comments from the EIR, which is a, still a draft, by the way. It will probably won't even be finalized till October or November. So what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Alameda County says they, do, they want till at least September. So it's like, I don't know why Dave is, is like saying in 12 days or not, we're going to know our fate. It's like, dude, just wait like three months and a lot more things will be figured out, you know? Yeah. And they want to, they want to guarantee progress. You know, they feel like yeah. they've been working on this for a long time. I understand that too. But like, it's not yeah. the city's fault. They failed at Peralta. That's not the city's fault. I know. You know? So like, yeah. I, I try to see it from both ends. And then yeah. I also try to see it from the port and, and that's a whole different animal. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but to me, I just think that the date is, it means a lot, but it means very little. It's a non-binding vote. You know, I think yeah. it's more of like it's a, a ceremonious thing. It, yeah. And to me, it's, like it's a non-binding. Check. So yeah. you can always change your mind, but what do they hate in politics more than anything? They hate flip-floppers, right? So if you vote yes and then you change your vote later, I mean that's going to look really bad too. Well, that's so, what the A's are like. The A's know that they they can call it non-binding, but the public pressure will be in, like you know, and that's what the Alameda County talked about too. They were like, 
basically once you make that vote people are gonna you know hold you to that and yeah and even though you can one legally person that changes yeah. it you're gonna get fire big time yeah. fire and so yeah. that's the thing i think they're putting max pressure on that vote for that very reason yeah i thought the relocation card while extremely annoying and not rolled out properly in my mind as people probably saw me comment many times on twitter um I think that that was an ace they had up their sleeve all along. And I don't think they pulled that card because they don't want to be in Oakland. They pulled that card because they want to guarantee they can stay in Oakland. They're putting maximum pressure on because they want Howard Terminal. And, you know, I had the realization the other day, I was looking through the draft EIR, which you mentioned, which still needs to be certified, but it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages and covers every possible minuscule scenario you could think of. And you go, damn. Like yeah. they really put their work in on this. So, you know, we've never gotten this far in the process. And so to me, I think they've shown enough that this isn't just posturing so that they can leave for Vegas and everybody will give them a pass. I think they've really, really tried genuinely to get this thing done. Mm-hmm. They've put in an insane amount of work. They've dug their heels in. I mean, they've walked away from projects with far less opposition. They walked away in Fremont based on barely anything. You know, Peralta, they chose probably a bit too soon, got shut down and we're like, okay, bye. I mean, that was, that was like another, I I feel like they're kind of, it's like these, these, they just make up these fake deadlines. Cause I remember all of 2017 or 2017 or 18 Cal was like, Hey, by the end of the year, we're going to have our site picked out, whatever, whatever. And all they did was have a press release. It's not like they didn't, they were just like, we declare we're going to go to Peralta or whatever. It's not like they actually did it. Yeah. It's like, we declare bankruptcy. I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I was like, we have the same mind. Yeah. It's like team team puts out a press release. Like, great. Like, like, wow. Like, and now I I just feel like it's just, it's just these deadlines. It's all these timelines. Like you just say, Oh, we're running out of time, running out of time. It's like, well, this isn't just up to you. If you need you need cooperation, and they might need more some some more time. So I'm gonna play know. devil's advocate, though. I'll yeah. play devil's advocate since I know we probably think the same. But 2024 is when their lease is up at the Coliseum. The A's mm-hmm. have reached out to the JPA about extending the lease, and the JPA didn't even respond, according to them. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah. So now you look at that, and you go, "Well, 2024. We don't even know where we're gonna play after that." Yeah. But, right? but I feel and, like and, uh, I, I don't know who else is going to who else is going to take over. I mean, I feel like no, they're like the think only about tenant, it like you know? this, you know, the African-American sports entertainment group. They're getting a vote on the 20th, too, about a purchasing their half of the Coliseum site. Yeah. And the and, city council is yeah. very much in favor of that. And and I know that that Nate Miley is, is also in favor of that. And he helped sell the half to the A's. So let's say in 2024 you know, that group has their half of the property and they want to do something with it mm-hmm. and they can't develop this land they're buying because the A's want an extension for X amount of years. I mean, that's why I could see it's not a complete lock that it's just the simplest thing ever to go. Sure. Yeah. Extend it all you want. I mean, because if some other group is buying half the yeah. site and they want to do something with that site, they can't do with the A's playing there, then that becomes a problem. So I don't think it's yeah. quite as easy is just extending the lease and the fact that's that they what they've done for it is crazy. Yeah, because that's what they've done for a while. It seems like they just kind of keep kicking the can down. They're like, oh, we'll just extend the lease like another 10 years or a few years or whatever. And I, yeah, that's I don't think they want to do that. Now, the other question is if they get this 20th thing and doesn't go well, and it's like, bye-bye, we're off to Vegas. Could they get a stadium built by 2024? 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Well, it's, have, it's Vegas, you know? Who knows? It's possible. Yeah, it's Vegas. I mean, it'll, it'll get yeah. rammed right through the deal, but... I mean, they get casinos up in months, right? I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but, I mean, it's still... Yeah. Could they Would they play at the AAA park there? I mean, what would they do? So, yeah, I don't know that that 2024 deadline they have in their mind is, like, super, super tight, but I, I think that that's kind of where they're coming from in this. They're saying... If we don't get the approval and know we can stay here and build that goodwill at Howard Terminal and, and build that goodwill at the Coliseum and extend that lease, like we got to go, like we got to build something and start playing in it by 2024. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they're coming from. Whether or not that's a real threat or not remains to be seen. For sure. Yeah, I know we could talk about this all day, but I think that's a pretty solid stopping point, dude. I, I guess yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know you got to head out of here pretty soon, but uh, and thank you so much for the technical help, too. Casey's oh, actually no recorded worries, this one, guys. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to record it. It didn't work. So God, it's good to have Casey <laughs> on here on the pod. Yeah. We need to do episode two, Alex. I'm yeah. going to start the pressure campaign right now. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I, we're just we finishing the first one, dude. <laughs> we barely touched anything. We talked stadium. We didn't even get into anything. I uh, know. But, I, you know, got to watch the game. Got to get my we got to get my write-up out at some point today about yesterday's meeting. That's going to take me a few hours. So, you know. You know how yeah, it is. Non-stop, I I non-stop go grind, you know. You got to be a dad and stuff, you know. I know. I got I got game two of the NBA Finals. I got to get to the office here in like an hour so I can put together that. So, yeah, it's right. busy, busy times, man. I'm not sleeping a whole lot. All right. Well, Casey, thank you so much, man. It's really great talking to you. I can talk to you all day. So, thank you so much, dude. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one.